You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 67 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The 2022 Red Sox season is officially over, and we're ready to break it all down and get you ready for 2023. How you doing, Joey? It's over. It's Ring over. Ring the bell. Stop the count. Set the clock back to zero. It's over. Everybody Breathe. We survived. I'm feeling, I mean, I'm feeling like the same way I do after every season comes to an end, which is denial. But yeah. I know that this this one feels a little different. It's like denial shrouded in some relief. I would agree. I would agree. I think just big picture wise, and I, I'm, Joey, I'm very excited. Right, really off the top right now, mm-hmm. I just want to, I'm going to compliment you, Joey, off the top here. Because I've been checking the socials today, and people have just been great. The listeners have been great. Oh, yeah. The, the feedback has been awesome. People at the park were super nice today, this whole series, this whole month. And it's by this whole month, I mean uh, September. Only, <laughs> we're only a week in the month. Um, but it's just been nice to take a step back and be like, okay, you know, we, we got through this together. Like, this, oh, was, yeah. this was not easy. This was not easy to do, uh, to break this team down, considering what they've done in July, August, September. It's just the slowest death of all time. And and I know we can put the, you know, when we thought the season officially ended, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that, too. We'll we'll revisit that. Um, You know, we'll break it all down. There's there's a lot to talk about today. But my compliment to you, Joey, is that I'm proud of what we did in the first season of this show. I really am. And, you know, you had a lot to do with that editing, grinding, being at the park all the time, getting the promos out, best seat in the house, food reviews, pitching matchups, all that stuff. Uh, you deserve a ton of credit, and I'm I'm glad that we're able to do this show. Well, thank you, man. That that's very, in a sincere note. That's very that's very kind. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that a lot. I'm I'm beyond happy to be doing this. It's wild that it's already been a year. It feels like nuts. It yeah. It feels like I'm s- still telling people like, oh yeah, my new gig, <laughs> and it's like, wait, no, we just covered an entire season but yeah, yeah i mean absolutely props to us man dude how many shows did we get on Streamyard? and i made the same exact joke and i was like what are we going to talk about like yeah, what, what do we got and we made them shows we made shows about like we made them shows we made them show <laughs> dude new orleans is still washing off me dude 
But yeah, uh, no, I mean, dude, there was, especially the last month. The last month was like, this tough. team. We're going to talk about this team without talking about, uh, are they going to re-sign Devers and Xander? And like, without getting into all that, like, how do we just talk about this? But like you said, we got through it together, dude. And shout out to those listeners, dude, and the people who came up to us at Fenway. The last, like, week, two weeks was wild. It was, like, triple It happened a lot more. Yeah. 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 Well, I I think there's a lot to break down. I'm going to bookmark that. We'll we'll get to that later on because I have several theories. But um, we got to talk bogey. Yeah, I think we got to lead off with bogey. I mean, you could lead off with a, a long list, a, a long list of things from this finale, but I think Xander Bogarts has to be at the top of the list. Um, I just, what what a set of emotions, man. I, I tried man. to, before we started rolling, I was like, what's the best way to talk about Xander Bogarts coming off of what we just saw at Fenway in the season finale? And... I just drew a blank because there's 8 million different ways you can go about this. And we might as well start here, Joey. Mm-hmm. He gets pulled from the game in the top of the seventh inning. I know you were with Coop up in the Monster. I was with Nate. We were going to head down to try to get a good shot of him on deck. You know, try to get the Xander, Bogart, like his last at bat. X going to give it to you, the whole thing. We wanted to get a good shot, good video. I ended up getting that for JD, which is good. But, you know, you're, you're, we're, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for that moment. And we're kind of doing the math. We're like, all right, he's up in the fifth, so he's going to get in that bat in the seventh or the eighth. We're not going to miss his last at bat. Mm-hmm. And then Yu Chang comes out of the dugout, and I'm like, wait a second. He's not doing it now, is he? And then sure enough, they they announce that Bogey's coming out of the game. He tips his cap. And what what's your immediate thoughts when you see him tip the cap? I know that could mean eight million different things, but what are you thinking when you see that? I mean, totally honest. My very first thought was like, get get my camera out. Like, I want to, I want to, yes, get this. Um, so I think the way they announced it, it was like there was there was some repositioning going on as well, and they were like, now entering the game, Tristan Cassis, and I was like, interesting. Why are they Why are they doing that? And then yeah. I saw Xander start to hug people, and I was like, no, 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 no. Mm. And dude, as he held that hug with Rafi. I was like, oh, God, no, please. I think that was the first moment it felt real of like, no, it could be over. Like that, You could have just seen your last couple moments of Xander Bogarts in a Red Sox uniform. And the hat tip. I mean, I tweeted it. I was like, not the cap. Not the, not cap. the cap. Not the cap, please. You can't do that, dude. Because that, that's not a, hey, just in case. The hat, tip of the cap makes it feel like it's 100%. I'm gone. Thank you so much. And... I mean, God bless the people who are going to these games right now that <laughs> account to zilch. But, I mean, it's a quarter-capacity Fenway that he's waving to, which makes it feel even weirder. I don't know. I'm I'm saying it's the first moment it's felt real, but I'm still sitting here, like, giving it a 0% chance that that was it. No, I, I don't—my gut tells me it's not it. And I'm basing that more off of the vibes of the last month, the last few weeks. And, you know, you hear some things here and there, but you, you just you, you put it all together into this little rumor soup mm-hmm. and, and you stir it up and you're like, all right, what does it come out as? And I'm still leaning he's going to be back. But the hat tip, the way I look at it, Bogey was covering his bases. He right, right. And, and Cora was, too. Where it's like, all right, I'm going to take Bogey out of this game. We understand that he still has to opt out, which he is inevitably going to do. 
We understand that there's a damn good chance he comes back. But like we talked about last episode, you never know when it's actually if it's actually going to be final or not. You still don't know. And there's no way to know on October 5th if that was going to be it or not. So you might as well treat it like it's a sign-off just in case. And when he does the hat tip, I'm thinking, okay, this is Bogey. Again, covering his bases, making sure he he shows the appreciation of the crowd uh, that has shown appreciation to him since 2013. You know, it's been, geez, 10 years of, you know, Bogey, Bogey, and, you know, standing O's and just loving the fact that we have that guy at shortstop in the middle of the lineup, normally higher up in the lineup. And it's just, I think it's it's the culmination of everything. And it, it really came to the surface today with the fans that were there and, and with Bogey coming off the field. Like you mentioned with the Raffy hug, mm-hmm. Raffy held on for a couple extra seconds. Yep. And that's kind of what made it real for me where I was like, that was like a... That was an extra, extra hug. That was a little bit, a little bit more of your normal embrace, and that one had me a little concerned because you know those guys are closer than than anybody. Um, the first time, Joey, that it really hit me with this being Bogey's, and again, I, I'm I don't think he's done here. I think he's back, but just the hints of it started when we were down there seeing him hit the grand slam. Uh, so that is at least going to go down as his last home run of the 2022 season. And he's dapping these other guys up, but then he gets to Devers. They're doing the handshake, and then they had the embrace. And it was just this like understanding between two Red Sox greats mm-hmm. of this is a cool moment. You just hit a grand slam in what might be right. your last home series. But it's this not, is cool. Yeah, but it's not, hey, that was a cool moment. That was a cool home run in this game 161. It's, it says it's the bigger picture. It's the yeah. bigger picture of what it stood for. Raffi understanding how much Xander's gone through this season, which is another element of this. And I, I really wanted to talk about that. It's It can't be overlooked how many different versions of the same damn question have been asked to Xander Bogarts this season. And I'm not blaming reporters or TC or anybody, but... You can't overlook the fact that this guy has had to answer, what's the latest of the contract? Would you sign the contract in season? Have they talked to you? Have you talked to board? Blah, 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 blah. And it's and all it's just the constant. same answer, it's too. It's constant. Nothing. I got nothing for you guys. I don't know. I'm I know. Sorry. And he's handled it great. I thought mm-hmm. Bogey did a phenomenal job all season long handling essentially the same exact damn question. And... You know, even talk. I talked with Sam Kennedy a little bit. He's going to hop on this program in the offseason. Can't wait. And I just straight up asked him, I'm like, dude, this, you must be sick of answering the same damn question constantly. And he joked yeah. with me. He's like, hey, let's, let's hop on the pod right now and I'll just announce a 10 year deal. Like, <laughs> in his mind, he just wants it. I don't blame him. Yeah. They want to just be past this because mm-hmm. it's just constant and it's constant and it's constant. And I just want to, you know, hat tip to Bogey because I thought he handled that. So great this year. There was never a press conference or never, you know, uh, a podcast appearance. It was a TC. I know Rob got him there on the last day that he showed any sign of really being pissed off about it mm-hmm. because he had every right to be like, come on, man. I, I can't keep answering this question. You got to stop. But he handled it like a pro, and that's exactly what you expect from Xander. Kennedy 
said two things today that made my confidence level rise in this whole thing more than anything else. One of them I just learned five seconds ago. <laughs> um, the, yeah, I just want to be done with this. Let's just, let's just announce the deal and, and, and whatever. And uh, him, him saying on, I believe it was on the EEI pregame show, I believe, uh, he just said something like, like, it was just a very comprehensive statement about like, we hear you, we hear Bogey, and we want you to know we feel the same way, but I understand it's just words, but we're going to do everything in our power to make this happen. You've got to think from just a business perspective and the, the PR and all that, you don't want a narrative of, are they going to pay their star player hanging over your head, you know? You oh, just course. don't want it sitting there. And the fact that it sat for so long to not follow through, I think they are very aware that it would not look great from a business standpoint. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into it, but it's whenever Xander speaks, my, my hope goes down, even though, like you said, he's doing a good job. But he does take the wind out of my sails a little bit with just how uh, visibly down he is about the fact that it's come to this yeah it's tough to not notice that but every time i hear from haim or kennedy or cora it lifts me right back up i don't know <laughs> i don't know no man. it is true it is true and i i want to play this this uh soundbite from bogey just talking about you know the situation and uh we'll we'll react to this Again, the support they've shown you this year, the way this season has gone, to wrap up this year with these fans, what would you say to them? I mean, I can still remember I got booed when I was my first full season in 14. The day we signed Steven Drew, I made two errors, and first play of the game, I made an error, tore it into the dugout, and then later on, I made another error. They booed me. I'm like, oh. I was 21 at that point. I'm like, they're booing me at 21? Like, So then I got my act together, and then I improved, and ever since then, thankfully, I've never been booed, but... That was kind of a wake-up call. And obviously with Steven Drew signing back was, you know, a whole, a whole deal. But they've definitely supported me, and, 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 and they've pushed me to become better ever since since that day. I mean, it was a young point in my career, and I'm very thankful for them for expecting a lot of a lot of great stuff from me, and that's what I also expect for myself. I know sometimes you're not doing the performance that they would want, but this is a hard game, man, and no one's putting the baseball on the tee telling you, you know what, you can hit it right there where no one's at, you know, or hit it over the wall. It's... It's hard, but 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 we really work hard and we try and 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 obviously I, I'm definitely thankful for the support and and all the great memories. So there's Xander Bogarts thanking the fans, just talking about what it's been like being here uh, since 2013, and it's more more 2014. I know he was part of that 13 team and, and made an impact, but his full seasons with the team started in 2014, and I, I just I like that he's still able to talk about it with kind of that grin on his face where it's not it has it didn't fully defeat him as the season went on mm -hmm. but there were some stretches with Xander where and I, I'm probably looking too into this and this is something it's a benefit that we've gotten this season Joey with the credentials and mm -hmm. you know being down there on the field and trying to catch the vibe of what's up with these guys during batting practice and you just you kind of feel it out and Xander would do a lot of you know BP and try to go down the tunnel, and I don't blame him. It was a lot of like, I know I'm just going to get pulled over here, over there, over the other, you know, to talk about the same exact situation. And you still 
when you watch this team before the game and the lead-up and the prep, if you knew nothing about the Red Sox, you would still, I would assume, come to the realization that, oh, who's that number two? He's the guy around here. He's he's the dude. Mm-hmm. And it's felt like that forever. It felt like that this year, even though he's getting asked the same question over and over and over again about if he's going to be back. I thought he handled it great, and he went out there and almost won a batting title. Had an all-star season. Um, you know, it's it's just, I'm just not ready for it to be it, and I don't think it's going to be it. But Wednesday, with the hat tip and everything, and... You know, something about the weather sucking, too. Everything just sucked. Like, it was like, oh, you, you know, you, the just, season's obviously done. Everything sucked. They had just done the Eck farewell video on the I know. board. I know. And then they pulled Xander. It was like, this can't be real. I was soaking wet. I'm sitting out on the monster. Like, the wind is blowing towards me, so yeah. the mist is blowing into my face. Yeah, that was hell. I said to Coop, I was like, dude, it feels like the Red Sox as an organization is dissolving tonight. It feels like they're like, (laughs) hey, enjoy it because this is Fenway Park's last game. It really (laughs) felt like the end of time. Dude, if you were were at the park, whoever was at the park on Wednesday, whatever the announced attendance was, it's probably 20,000 something. They announced Um, 28,000. Okay, 28,000. Well, whatever it actually was, whatever the real number was, first off, props to you. The weather sucked this week. Went to all the games and it was awful. So props to sitting through that. But you just probably saw the saddest game in like Fenway history. (laughs) It felt like it, dude. I mean, you had the bogey getting taken out. He does the hat tip and all that. Like you mentioned, the Eck video, which was literally, I know... I think people can overdo it sometime with like, oh, I'm so, I'm like crying right now. I'm so emotional right now. I actually teared up for the Eck video. The Eck video, whoever put that together, A plus job. I was, it was misty, man. That was really misty for the Eck video. And they showed him crying, and I'm like, no. It's like when you see your dad crying or something, or you see a relative. It's like, oh god, they're crying. I gotta cry. This you can't is stop nuts. crying, Eck, because then I'm gonna cry. And then, oh, yeah. he's got the, he's got the, uh, you know. Uh, tissues out, and I'm like, ah, I can't do this, man. I can't do this. And the JD one, we've mentioned the JD stuff before. I think the JD relationship with these fans is, it's an interesting one. It's definitely not the connection Bogey has. Obviously, JD was uh, signed here as a free agent. It's not like he's homegrown, so it's a little bit different. But still, you mix it all together, Joe. But it, and no, you got it, what the JD thing did hit a little bit more because he reminded you today the kind of hitter that he can be. And the kind of guy that he's been, he's like, hey, by the way, I crush homers. It's what I do. Oh, my God. And now, goodbye. <laughs> it's like, perfect. I, I was, Thank you, JD. I was so convinced that his first home run, like, I, I was just like, well, he's obviously not going to hit another one, so I can caption this JD's final home run with the Red Sox. And then, sure enough, his next at-bat, he hits a homer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, JD had two home runs in game 162. For those keeping track at home, he had four during the season of summer. So all summer, JD had four. In the final game, he had two. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you, you mix it all together and you get the Eck video, mm-hmm. the bogey hat tip getting taken out of the game, JD getting taken out of the game for his last at bat, which great move on on Cora on both ends there. But it just literally, yeah, it literally felt like, it, by the way, everyone's going to be gone. Everyone's leaving and the people that you enjoyed watching. 
bye. They're out of here, and see ya. <laughs> Go enjoy the Goodbye. winter. Pat- Pats are one and three, and they got a guy named Bailey Zappi at quarterback. <laughs> Go enjoy. We'll bye. see you in April. Maybe. <laughs> if we're still here. The Celtics coach got basically fired. Bye. Like, it's everything is just, it is. What a sad day at the park. We gotta it, there's no check. getting around it. It was sad. We got to double check that Fenway's not like built on a sinkhole or something. Yeah. Just because that, that feels like what would be next. Dude, let me tell you uh, on, on Xander here. Uh, game 162 brings out some weird folks into the crowd, right? Because you it get does. some like real diehards. And then you get some people who like found tickets on the ground. And <laughs> like, that's the thing that happens. Yeah, because tickets are a real thing still. Yeah, uh, but like no, you can go on, you know, your favorite ticketing app, and find tickets for four dollars. So, an interesting group. I feel like there are some mm. people there who don't know it's game one sixty two. Uh, yeah, they like, just think, oh, there's an event happening at this place. Let me check it out. Yeah, like some people, it's their first game of the year, and some people, they're like, no, I've been to seventy games, and like I've, you know, whatever. Yeah. There, we were sitting in the grandstands, um, and. There were some people sitting behind me and Coop, and um, this it was like two couples and a kid. And one woman said to the other couple, she was like, um, did you guys know there's a Dutch guy on this team? Oh, my God. Yeah, I heard that, too. And I was kept, like, what are kept, they talking he about? He kept going, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, because my mom's Dutch. And so, oh. yeah, it's just like the, we find Dutch guy. And I'm thinking, like, who the hell is Dutch on this team? They're talking about Xander Bogarts. Yeah. They're ta- yeah. That's not a Dutch person. That's an Aruban <laughs> person who speaks Dutch. <laughs> and the guy was like, and he's not even Dutch. I mean, he was, it's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they were trying to, they were fumbling over the whole thing the entire time. Yeah. There were some interesting things being said uh, by fans at the game today, just in terms, to your point, Joey, of like, it's a, it's a random mix of people that find their way to 162 when you're 22 games out of first. That's yeah. just kind of how it goes. It's like the, uh, calling Xander Bogarts that Dutch guy. It's got to yeah. be like one of the top, like most disrespectful things you could say about the captain of this team. That Dutch guy. That's Xander Bogarts, dude. Watch your mouth. Something about today. Also, uh, this finale being exactly a year since the Red Sox ended the Yankees season in the wild card game just felt so wrong or it was right. I don't know. Whatever that means, it, you know when something like comes up and you're like, ah, that's a something. I don't know what that it is. It definitely felt. It definitely it, felt. It felt. So there you go. I remember seeing, uh, you know, whatever. It was like memories popping up. Uh, the iPhone does the weirdest stuff. Where it's like, hey, remember this great time that's not happening anymore? Here you go. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of stuff pop up with like rally cups and everything. And I was like, God, how was that only a year ago? That feels so long ago. But there's, it's just weird, man. I mean, obviously, you know, this is sad too, but uh, Remy's last last game was a year ago to the day of X last game, and you just go down the list of sadness, and there was no shortage of it at Fenway for that last series. But uh, a little more on Bogey in terms of how we're going to look at it. We'll be talking about it all offseason for sure. But first off, I, I, I can't really, first off, eighth off, I can't believe that he just turned 30. That's nuts. Like, that just doesn't seem to compute. I'm like, I feel like I've known this guy my whole life, and he just turned 30 years old. I don't understand how 
that's the case, but you realize how much he's been able to accomplish in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. 2013 is a long time ago, man. I mean, you got you got Middlebrooks in the booth. You got Johnny Gomes on the Savannah Bananas. Uh, David Ross is managing the Cubs. Who the hell knows where Jacoby Ellsbury is? You go down the list here, and it's like I think Bogey's still producing. Still on the Yankees system. Yeah, he's, he's somehow somehow still causing them some uh, some funds. But mm-hmm. Bogey's still producing at a high level, and you can argue he's he's still in the the core of his career. He's he's in uh, the peak years, and. It's just crazy when you really take a step back. I, I know we've heard his name all year, and bro, you know, is he coming back? This, that, the other thing. Sometimes you just gotta take take a step back and just appreciate what he's done, appreciate what he's meant to this organization, to this city. What's the biggest like mess up bogey's had? I remember he like had he, he like deleted his, yeah. his Twitter account because yeah. of a hilarious photo. But like that was, I mean, he was a uh, a boy at that point. He's he was he was lad, a dude. a young boy. But, yeah, it's just he doesn't – you look at him and it's just like this guy does everything right and there's no reason you wouldn't want him back. Like it it, it just – we'll talk about it for a while, but it's just obviously you need to have Xander back. That Grand Slam on Tuesday definitely helped his case with uh, going from 14 homers to 15 on the year. Something about one swing of the bat, he went from 14 homers and 69 RBIs to 15 homers and 73 RBIs. Sounds a lot just for one swing. Better. That's that's a big jump. <laughs> that's, Sounds a lot better. I, and I'm sure it hit him too afterwards. Like, okay, this is gonna make this is gonna make the final stats look a little bit better. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, quite a quite a last few days here. And uh, fu, I, I got to give out an fu to the rain. Okay. Just such a pain. What the rain was such a pain this week. Like wanted to be more on the field, being able to maybe chop it up with some of these guys. And it was just the tarp was out for like the whole week. So mm-hmm. that was a pain in the ass. But um, yeah, yeah, a lot of emotions, uh, Joey. Yeah, I left early, which I had never done. I mean, it ended up being not early because uh, they ended up just, you know, doing the whole call it thing that they do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the rain was so bad and we were sitting right in it for so long that after the bogey Grand Slam, I was like, you know what? Nothing's going to be better than that. That no. was obviously the peak of the night. What is someone going to do? Hit two grand slams? Like that's If he if he hit another one that would have been kind of nuts. That, that would have been, been crazy, crazy, but I honestly would have been like, "I already saw one." <laughs> Did it look like that first one? Did he hit it out of the park? Okay. Yeah. It's like I already saw like the the highlight of this night. But that was awesome. And I turned to you and you had this childlike smile on your face. You looked like in awe and you went, "That was awesome." I was like, yeah, it was awesome, dude. <laughs> well, I'm looking awesome. around. It's funny because he really comes cool. up to the plate. And obviously this week you're not as locked into the game and the game situation and game scenario. So it kind of hit me like, oh, wait, bogey's up with the bases loaded. So a home run would be a grand slam. Like that yeah. that would that would count for four. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, I, I got the tingles a little bit, home run tingles. I'm like, we got to start rolling here. And the second he hit it, I'm just like, that's just – that's cool, man. That is that is cool that he hit a grand slam there. Got a good shot of the bat flip. I'm like, all right, that's going on the IG. But um, yeah, I'm just glad. You know, I'm glad we got to see those moments with Bogey. I was taking a deep dive, Joe, into some of his his numbers, and one that really jumped out to me is that since 2014, which was his his rookie season. I know he played in 2013, but 14 is his rookie season. Mm-hmm. 
Bogey's played in 92% of all Red Sox games since the beginning of 2014. There are high school kids right now that don't know the Red Sox without Xander Bogarts. And he's played in 92% of their memory of those games. That is just... It's absurd. It's it's insane to me. He's missed an average of two games a month for the last eight years out of whatever, 28 games a month, whatever it comes down to. Mm -hmm. He played in 1,245 of the 1,300 and 57 Red Sox games since the start of 2014. Um, just consistent. And, and that's that's the, the top word that comes to mind with Bogey is consistent. You always knew what you were getting, regardless of where you were, too. You could be on the road, popping on Nesson. It could be the All-Star break. It could be any time. And it's like, you put that game on. All-Star break's actually a terrible idea. The point is that the season, you put the game on, it was literally the you one thing the I one should. one part of the season. I, uh, literally the baseball. one part yeah. of the season I should not have mentioned, so just completely forget that. But you put the game on at any time during the real season since 2014, and Bogey's right there. And he's, he's right mm-hmm. up at the top of the lineup, and he's producing, and it's summertime, and the Sox, more often than not, are heading towards the postseason, and, and times are good. And it's just, you can't lose that guy it's not like he's at the end of his career it's not like he's showing you a little bit of signs of decline like like jd might even though he what still led the league in doubles so he hit two home runs tonight too i know i know and but with bogey man it it just i i the more i've thought about him the more i'm like he's just he's been there for us joey (laughs) he's just he's been there and it you don't want that to go away it hit me today uh, I was standing outside of Fenway, uh, and I went on Twitter and just saw the thank you fans post that you know that the teams do. The Red Sox tweeted out just a thank you fans with a graphic and whatever. And I went to the replies knowing what I was going to see, and somebody said it. Somebody just said, "We don't care. Resign Bogart's endeavors." And I had a weird. A little epiphany moment where I was like, wait, this team's in a position where their two best players need contracts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like we've been hearing it all year, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like from the outside looking in, it, that's a situation. That's a situation. Oh, and it just, I guess it's, it's easy to lose some perspective on it when you keep hearing it. Like, yep, we know. Yeah, we, Bogey's going to opt out. Yeah, we got to get him to think, well, Devers, well, it's next year, so he does still have another whole year. And yeah, no, they got it. He's great. You step back and you see, like, wait, your fans are saying, like, hey, your two biggest stars, the faces of your franchise, are in in jeopardy of not being here. It just it just kind of kind of set off some alarms in my head. I was like, wait, that's this can't happen. Yeah. This isn't an option. There's no option where where this this isn't the core of the Sox. I don't know. I think it's because it's here because there, we could potentially be in a timeline where a, a major chapter of our Red Sox lives is over. Not ready for it, Joe. No, no, me neither. Not, not ready for it. I, I think one of the few benefits of this season being over for a while now is that when you're coming off of last year, you can kind of keep riding that wave a little bit and not feel that urgency. 
you can kind of keep going and say, hey, two games away from the World Series. We got the gang back together. You know, it's not a lot of guys hitting free agency yet. Now, you basically, since late July, known, all right, this, this ain't going to work out. Uh, you're not probably not making the postseason. I know Haim would argue that he still gave the team a chance to make the playoffs at the deadline, and, and obviously you can have whatever opinion you want on that. But I think it's it's not like the urgency is starting now to keep bogey and to you know extend Devers. Like It's been a year-long thing. This isn't going to catch you off guard. You should have already gotten a head start on this. And if anything, that should lead for less surprises this offseason with the front office. It's like, here, it's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. This is what you need to do. You know what you need to do. Just get it done. Like, it's it's not some crazy equation. Bogey needs to stay here. And ask any of the guys on this team. That's another thing, too. It's one thing to be like, oh, he's meant so much, you know, talking past tense. All these guys are like, there's no way we're better without Xander Bogarts. He, like, needs to be back. And it's, you go down the line. Trevor Story being the top one leading the charge. A guy that could easily just take Bogey's spot. And he's like, no, we need him here. Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, it's just, you can't. You can't understate the value he's had to the team and that he will continue to have to the team and the value of Bogey for more years guaranteed where he doesn't have to have an entire season answering the same question and having that hanging over him for six months. That has just Mm -hmm. been constant. It's been constantly hanging over him. Devers should thank him because if the Bogey situation wasn't where it's at, this whole season would have been how the hell have we not extended Rafi Devers? You know, like that's, I think it shifted more. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but it felt like the general Sox Nation vibe shifted a little away from the extend uh, a Devers thing around the All-Star, and then it just all became the bogey talk. Well, yeah, like, some I, more immediate I, one. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, it, it finally did. But it should have been that way kind of all It along. should have been that way kind of the whole time. We were talking yeah. about that in, like, May. We're like, guys, we still got Rafi next year. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Can I, I just imagine- can't see him not here it can't happen i know we're gonna no. say it all day but yeah <laughs> let's just do that yeah let's just do that for for the rest of it can't he can't leave yeah he can't or just, just uh, like like you? all right let's talk to red sox right now let's talk to heim right now because he's let's, call him up. let's all right he's definitely ladies and gentlemen heim bloom he's tuning in okay so uh, here's here's the deal red sox heim you just gotta keep bogey you gotta extend him come on and you just gotta make it happen and there's no other thing that you can do. You can't you can't nope. not bring him back because he needs to be here and there's no other solution. So Haim, you're obviously watching mm. and you're tuning in from your burner account. We all know it. Bring Bogey back. Please. 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 Can you imagine if before and after every show multiple people came up to you? And we're like, Steve, do you think you're going to have a job next year? Oh, my God. I don't know how you think we you're going to have a job. Do you think I, your I job wants to keep you and keep paying you? For some reason, I heard that as the bogey questions. But no, I, I, I don't. I honestly can't believe that we just got through a whole season of just everybody getting critiqued nonstop. Like it was just the amount of negativity surrounding this team as it should. By the way, I'm not I'm not saying it shouldn't be that way. It should be that way. It just sucks when you're doing what we're doing 
and we're so in it every effing day that you have to keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again. And you put your hands up because you're like, I, it's justified. Like that part sucks where it's like mm-hmm. it's understandable why the urgency and fans being pissed off is there. But you also get so damn tired of it that it just wears on you. To this point, Joey, it's just finally setting in that it's the off season and we can we can breathe a little bit. It's not this every night at the park you're just hearing the same thing. I mean, it's not like these. Th- if anything, you know, those voices are going to get louder because now um, it's the only thing to be talked about. That's the thing. It's now there is no hey JD had a multi homer game. Hey Kike had a good snag. None of that. Yeah, it's only. Well, Bogart says they haven't talked yet. They can't talk till this date. Once this date happens, they can talk. Now the date's open. They say they haven't talked. It's going to be that. Constantly. It's going to be that. Last thing I got on Bogey for now is, and I, I don't really want to end on this, but I for this for this um, portion of the old show, but there is a portion of Red Sox fans out there that like myself a little bit. That's been following Bogey, reading the body language, and gotten the vibe that it's been very past tense. It's been very, you know, last dance-ish, if you will. That is probably the main reason for concern if you're a Sox fan. That Bogey has been looking at this season and answering these questions and reminiscing on the good old days as someone would if they're not going to be on the team, you know, in the near and distant future. Mm -hmm. And that part has sucked. I can't wait, fingers crossed, that I've just looked and read into that too much this year. I really hope that's the case because that's something that as the season's gone on, I can't get out of my head that it's been this like, oh, man, you know, it's when you'd be asked about most games, like played it short in the rest of the, you know, this, that, the other. You go down the list of, and JP all year, to his credit, shout out to our our guy at Sox Notes, I. Uh, you search his handle in Bogarts, and it's just like the list is endless of mm-hmm. accomplishments he's had with this team. And when he's addressing them and talking about them, it's always in that past tense. And I know that things happened in the past, but it's more like, oh, I'm I just mean, happy that, I was able to do that while I was here. It's like, oh, you could still be here. Please still be here. Yeah, I mean, that clip that we played earlier ends with him saying, and all the memories. Memories is something you don't really say in the present moment. That's something that's reserved kind of exclusively for the past. Yeah. It's hard not to see it, but uh, I'm telling myself that that's just him kind of covering his bases and saying the right thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. I would No, I would agree. I, I, I think he's handled all the questions great, whether it's from Jemai, TC, anybody. You go down the list. I think he's handled it very well, but... Let me tell you who is the most happiest, the mostest happiest on this Red Sox roster right now. It's it's Xander Bogarts. He gets to go home. <laughs> he gets to go mm-hmm. home and put his phone on Do Not Disturb and just chill the hell out and not have to answer these questions anymore. Dude, so. him talking about Aruba is always great. He's, I know. He said, I, he said, I just can't wait to get back to my island. I needed a little extra this year. Yes. That... That this guy really is about to—he's about to big chill. This guy, let me let me tell you about a vacation. This guy's about to be on. One. He's about to have his bendy straw and a coconut. <laughs> this guy, 
This guy Xander Bogarts is about to have a couple fruity drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, he's gonna have some tropical drinks. He's gonna enjoy himself as he should. <laughs> That's where we're at. As he should. As he should. That'd be very as he good. should. Yeah. Have those mixed drinks, Bogey. <laughs> oh man, what a year! Let's um, go to Aruba. Let's follow him. <laughs> let's do it. Let's just try to like let's put a tracking device on his phone and just just be around him all the time. Oh God! As we're saying, he deserves to escape the media. I follow up. We're with, just going to track well, not him down. us. No, we're no. we're different media. So there you go. Uh, we are going to take a break on episode sixty-seven of Inside the Monster. It is the twenty twenty-two season recap episode. We will be right back. We are back on episode 67 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster. It is the Connor Siebold episode. Oh, Brandon Workman. There we go. Yeah. Those are the Brandon two biggest Workman. names on this list. This list is seven people long. I mean, the further we get, obviously, you're just going to start having less people. We're into the, the upper 60s here. Eddie yeah. Riley. Wasn't even a player. He was the first one in Red Sox history to wear 67 in 2001. So there you go. I don't know what site you use when we look at these. I mean, I mean, I don't know how what part of your brain you're accessing your memory from because that's I'm what not we even, do. Yeah, I'm not using a site. We talk. No, about. I was just I gonna say the site this. in my brain doesn't have non-players. No, the uh, mm. site in my brain does. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. Josh Smith. Uh, Shout out Josh Smith. 2019 Smith. legend. Uh, Dennis Eckersley, man. Eck, oh, thank you. The... Can't do this one, dude. You All can, right. Rich you can do Hill. <laughs> Rich Hill. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, God, dude. Eck's really I know. Gone. I know. Dennis Eckersley. Let's just, let's just start with a soundbite. Let's start with a soundbite here. This is Dennis Eckersley talking about what this has meant. Oh, man, I'm just going to cry again. Here we go. People think of you, and they remember the flair on the mound uh, and certainly the personality and the language on the air. But those of us who've had the great fortune to call you a friend know that um, you know you don't really love the attention. So, so what is this week, this homestand, this last series like? How, how are you handling all of this attention? Yeah, you're right. You hit it. You hit home right there with that attention thing. Seems kind of silly, but uh, after all these years, it sort of gets to you after a while. And, and, and you know, being in Boston, and, and this moves to Boston, being in Boston, you get a lot of attention to begin with, right? Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. You go to California, they could care less. <laughs> That's not why I'm going, right? But uh, but it's, it's good attention. I mean, yeah. and I've had time to reflect about all this, and um, – and what it's done for me is it, it, you start to go back in time and you start to because this is where it started. Now, I, I started in Cleveland, but and I don't want to poo-poo that. But when I got here is when it really started. You know, those first couple of years, 78, 79, we had good teams and we almost won it in 78. But this is where I made my name. You know what I mean? This is where I became who I started to become who I was. I was still a young man clueless but you know going back there and 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 i never left really yeah i mean i went to oakland i went to the cubs whatever but i always came back and i never had 
did not have a house in Boston, so I never left. And um, I've been treated so well. Talk about attention. I've been treated so well for so long that um, it, 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 I have so much emotion, you know, because I I'm a Red Sox. That's when I come to the conclusion, man. <laughs> I'm a Red Sox. I love this place. I'm a New Englander. You know what I mean? I'm a Bostonian. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's a long answer, but that's where I am right now. Well, that's you know? true. So that was Dennis Eckersley, of course, with the great Will Fleming and Joe Castiglione a few days ago. And... What really jumps out to me, Joey, and this is between that clip there, what he said on the broadcast, is how much it matters to him that he matters here. Like, I, I think it's it's one thing to be a big deal in a smaller market where you don't get as much attention, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's our former player that does the games, and, yeah, he's got some cool phrases, whatever. Well, what are you guys up to today? Eck matters so much here that people go up to him and probably give him these interactions that maybe catch him a little off guard. I can guarantee you he's had a lot of interactions with Red Sox fans where he's like, I didn't think I mattered this much. I didn't think it really impacted their life this much. I've always got the impression that Eck shows up to the park. You know, he does a lot of prep. He gets ready for these games, calls the games, has what? five to ten hilarious lines a night. And and he's the king of unintentionally hilarious. Like, he just says this stuff that comes out of him, this baseball lingo that no one else can do. There is not a single soul that you can replace Eck with that has that kind of baseball jargon. I just... It's Eckisms is exactly what it is. That That is exactly how he describes the game. And he goes home and he probably realizes, ah, oh, damn, I did not know that that mattered as much as it did to the millions of Red Sox fans that are watching. And that's probably the top thing that, that stuck out to me. When you're hearing those comments with Will and Joe, what's the top thing that stands out? That he's crying. <laughs> I know. Towards the longer it goes, see, that's the thing too, yeah. right? Longer it goes, he's getting emotional. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, it, it's... you. There's guys like Eck who you want to just sit down and shake... And be like, do you know how much you mean to me? <laughs> and it seems to always be the guys who are like, I don't want that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, think about. I mean, we got to throw Jerry in that in that mix, right? Yeah, Jerry yeah. Remy was one of the top dudes. It's like, stay away from me now. Yeah, you know? I'm all good, thank you. But like, you really want to be like, do you know how much you matter to my whole life, my whole childhood? Do you understand it? Do you get it? I don't think you do. <laughs> yeah. It, the, it becomes this aggressive thing for some Yeah, reason. sir, get your hands off me. Yeah. Uh, I also heard, I don't know if you saw this or not. I think you did. I think we've already talked about this today. If we didn't, we didn't. Who cares? We haven't said it uh, with microphones in front of us. Mm. That uh, the word on the street is that the reason Eck turned down an on-field ceremony, one of the many, because like that clip mentioned, he's not a big attention guy. Uh, But one of the many reasons was because his last time on the field was a year ago today for the wildcard game, catching Jerry Remy's ceremonial first pitch. And he wanted to leave that as the last time that he was on the field. And if that doesn't make you cry, I don't know what will. 
Also, if it doesn't make you appreciate him even more. Yeah. I mean, it's just what a what an awesome person. Instead of I was trying not to be sad today about the Eck thing until they played that damn video. <laughs> I just couldn't, man. I mean, the crowd at Fenway tearing up because of like this guy mattered so much to the fans and to the experience of being a fan. He was he was just so important to being a fan of this bleeping team that it that's what hurts the most is like realizing oh it's not you're you're just losing that that's just gone and we went through it last year with Jerry and then we lost Jerry and and now X out of the booth and it's like these things are painful man like th- like this stuff hurts and you saw it today and I'm glad that he got emotional and that he really you know, was up. I was up in the in the media area pregame, and and the Nesson folks were giving him a cake, and you know, a lot of them, a lot of people that he worked with, were giving a little speech and everything, and it was it was really nice. And and he is he is just kind of bawling his eyes out, and it's like I, I to see Eck like that, who's just Eck is a dude. Eck is like a dude. We've said dude. before he's somebody. You see he him, is. and you're like that guy's somebody. That guy is a somebody. He walks a certain way, talks a certain way. He's got the moss. Eck is a Eck is a dude, and he's just so cool and so chill and so he is so much of a baseball guy. And you just see him getting emotional, and you just can't help but but get emotional yourself. So mm. I I I don't know. It's gonna be. It's just gonna suck so much. Like the broadcast simply won't be the same. Without Eck, he had such a unique way of describing the game of baseball that we won't get that again, you know. And then we just got to deal with it, and that's that's part of being a fan. You got to say we had to say bye to Don, and that that sucked. And you you just this is what happens, you know. It's it's part of committing a huge part of your life to a thing that that thing is going to change and evolve. And I'm getting too deep here, but it's like. It's it just hits you the more you talk about it. Wow, that really was it. That was it with yeah. Eck in the booth. No, I uh, no, I don't think you're getting too too much into it at all. I don't. I know, the more I'm diving into it, I'm like, God, I'm I'm I'm, I'm breaking this down too much. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> no, I. So I, I hoped to say this to Eck, but uh, obviously that 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 chance never happened. I don't know why I said obviously, but uh, that chance never came. But I want to say it, it was on crowded here. up there. It was crowded up there. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and it wasn't it wasn't today necessarily. It was like from the time that I learned, I was like, I know exactly what I want to say to Eck, and I just I never got the chance to. So, who knows? Maybe maybe you'll have me over for dinner or something. But I, I yeah, you guys are telling it. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. boys. We're obviously boys. Um, I've always loved the game, this game of baseball. I also sucked at it. I was <laughs> horrible at it. And when I stopped playing it, I think it would have been really easy for me to fall out of love with it. You know, that I gave so much of it, I gave my heart to it, and it didn't give me anything back. And I felt like I deserve, I deserve this game to give me a break because I love it so much. And that's just not what happened. And Dennis Eckersley was one of the biggest hands in keeping my love for the game, in watching and, and saying... Okay, watching's pretty fun too. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. turn. I'm gonna tune in almost specifically just because I like watching 
this this guy who sits up in the booth and and makes me smile and makes me laugh. And uh, I yeah I credit him a lot with with reigniting that flame in me that that, that love the game. So to Eck, I know you're listening, buddy. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean the the thing. That was that was very well said, Joey. The thing that sucks is that Eck felt like he was part of the package of being a Sox fan. Like he felt like, all right, here you go. You get your 162 games a year, and you get your Eck in the booth calling the games and putting his little sizzle on it. He just would put his the Eck sauce on the game, and you're like, ah, oh, this is just so. It didn't great. feel like the an em- option that he couldn't not be there. No, that's that's what I'm getting at, right? It felt like, oh, no, you're just going to... I remember growing up, and we had these box seats that my dad's uh, company had, mm-hmm. and they were incredible, and, and got to sit there for the 99 Home Run Derby, and it was awesome. And I'm just a, a, a little boy at that point, and I'm thinking, these are our God-given seats. This is just what you get for life. Like, I, I, I love the Red Sox, and they must love me because they gave us these <laughs> seats. That's like, you just don't know how things work. You yeah, don't yeah. understand how stuff works. It's like, and no, you your realize, dad worked his ass off. Yeah, to, and, and, and yeah. made it very clear that he's a Sox guy, and so yeah. he probably got, like, first, you know, uh, you know, take at the tickets. But yeah. it, it was you – look at, you look at Eck, and you're like, oh, right, he's just part of the experience, and you're always going to have that. And so when he announced it, whenever it was, a few months ago, that one hurt, man, because you knew what that meant. Um, you knew that you're no longer going to have that as part of the Red Sox fan experience, and – and you also are smart enough to know it's not going to be replaced. You just can't get that again. So you're, you're basically forced to be in this, well, glad we had a mode, but it's tough to do that when you know he can still do it. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, Eck is, he owes us nothing. If anything, we got more out of him than we ever had any business getting out of him for how much he means to the game of baseball in general. This guy is a all-timer, Hall of Famer absolute dude out there and you know it's he was with Nesson for longer than I even remembered because that's the thing the seasons just stack up on each other and you kind of mesh stuff together and you forget oh wait he's been there for like 20 years it's nuts Mm -hmm. yeah he deserves a very happy retirement and I wish him that he's uh he's a grandfather is that correct it is correct yeah he was talking about wanting to be with his grandkids in California yeah yeah yeah, I, I hope he lives on a beach, dude. I hope him and all the great. I hope his kids live next door, like everybody loves Raymond, and they yeah. all they all have their houses in a row with back doors that lead out to the beach, dude. I hope I hope he lives it up out there. The the last thing I want to I want to mention on Eck, and I I had thought this I had I had written this down and wanted to say it on the podcast is imagine if there was like a Nesson un, unfiltered how great oh he would be on goodness. that. Like, I can promise you, and this was always just kind of a guess, because when I was at Nesson, I wasn't, you know, working in the truck. It was doing... I did a lot of Red Sox pre and post game, but at that point, you know, that was, what, seven, eight years ago, Eck was doing a lot of pre and post games, so it wasn't... He wasn't in as many games. Um, and you would get, you know, feels of, oh, this is, this is how Eck likes to... This is how Eck likes to talk. This is how he likes to grade pitchers. This is how critical he can be. But the version you got of him uh, during the broadcast was always a little bit, you know, toned down. It was a little bit pulled back from what he can really 
say and what he really wants to say. And I always wondered what it would be like if Eck really went in with no regard, no one being able to, you know, clip it and, and tweet it or make a quote card out of it and everyone gets all offended and upset. Like, I would have loved to see that version of Eck. I know it's just impossible and it would never happen in the, the era we live in now. But I did bump into a couple of my buddies that I used to work with at Nesson uh, before this final game of the season. And I was just asking, I was just like, is it, so X X got to be something in the commercial breaks, right? He's like they just immediately went, oh god, <laughs> they just immediately were just like, you have no idea. It's like whatever That's you awesome. think he wants to say about the pitcher, he says during the commercial break. <laughs> so yeah. it is, it is. And we'll uh, never see that. We'll never see that. <laughs> but it, it, it just kind of confirmed what I believe that like this guy must just if it's because his way of doing it is like. And look at that pitch. It is crushed. How did he throw it there? And what he really wants to say is, this guy sucks. How is he a major league possibly do that? How is he a major league pitcher? Get him out of here. You just got your lunch. It's always the phrases, right? That's another part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the way my clip is going. Get out of there. Oh, it it is so good. What made him come unhinged in that? I think that's like the one time. That's the glimpse into the commercial breaks. Yes, yes. I, I think there is always a little bit of a glitch. If you're going to do this long enough, you're going to have times that you're just like, oh, whoops, I, I got to dial that back a Shouldn't little bit. Said I think that. I went Shouldn't a little bit. Yep, yep. yep. Let's uh, cut that out. But uh, anyway, the pitch, like, yeah, you just got to kind of jump out a little bit. But um, yeah, props to Ek, man. It's not going to be the same. It's going to take a little while to get used to. I mean, that's that first couple weeks next season is going to be weird. It oh, really yeah. will be. And oh, yeah. I, I know they've had a, like a thousand people in the booth this year, but. You know when X not in there, and then when you finally realize, oh right, he's not coming back. That yeah. is going to suck to epic proportions. So. Yeah. Luckily, uh, the guys that have got in there have been doing really well. Love Uke. Uh, Will's had. Will's uh, been good. Some success in there. Yeah, I'm. I'm stoked to see uh, what the booth looks like. But, I mean, nobody tried to replace Remy. You know, there's no need yeah. to try to replace Eck. There's just. Needs to be a second voice alongside OB, and I think there's some some great candidates there. I'm very happy for the time that we got with that smile because it happened, Steve. Exactly. That is the way to look at it. Uh, might be a smile because it happened for Rich Hill. No, to a different degree. Uh, Rich Hill might have made his last start with the team. I hope it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I I hope that was not his his final start with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Joey, I'm, I am putting you to work my friend i am adding another sound clip here another clip this is rich hill after his final start of the season you know rich i thought it was really cool how open you were after your last start here about what it's meant to you to be home and not just because this is your hometown team and you love fenway but you know your son shares your locker with you. He he runs into the clubhouse and sees you after these starts. Can you just tell us and tell our listeners, you know, how cool it is to be a dad of Bryce and and share all of this with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been. Excuse me, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> it's been great. Um, you know, it's like it's it's you know having him come in and be a part of uh you know especially in an age where he can understand what's going on and um you know it's just it's something they'll have memories for for a lifetime and hopefully you know someday i'll get to watch him pitch uh <laughs> up here and that would be great but yeah it's it's been really special and i think this is 
you know, a, a place that has, um, you know, many memories for me. Uh, so growing up, coming here, and, uh, you know, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> well, it's the best. I've seen, we've seen Bryce uh, throw yeah. a baseball and a football left-handed yeah. just like that, yeah. tall. and. Uh, I didn't mean yeah. to do that, Rich. I'm no, just a new right. dad myself, I and I know I'm, what it must yeah. mean to you. Yeah, it does. It means a lot. It really does well. And, you know, it's something that it is special. I know how fortunate, um, you know, uh, being in this position um, and having the opportunity uh, for him to, you know, come into the games and enjoy it. And, you know, one of the things that's been amazing is the guys, <coughs> the guys in the locker room have been awesome. So they've been great to, to Bryce, and that's, you know, something that I'll always remember. And uh, that that just makes it even more special. So, um, you know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of great memories growing up here and, um, you know, obviously having the for- good fortune to pitch here for – for the Red Sox and uh, hopefully hopefully another year. So that is Rich Hill once again with our pal Will Fleming after his final start of the season. Dude, it is just waterworks, man. I, I my goodness, talking about his son being around and how much it means and how much the, the clubhouse has met and everything. It's just, this is, it, yeah, it, the Red Sox I'm are like, you. They're like dead. It's it feels like, like a final goodbye. It really this does. This is literally it. I, I hope you guys enjoyed following the Red Sox because it's done. They, they were are, a good team, man. Yeah, we got one year of this show, and they're like, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> you guys are going to have to talk about something else. So um, great comments there. Great question by Will and, and great answer by Rich Hill. And uh it just reminds you of how much this matters to guys. I, I think the older you get in this game, the more you're okay with being emotional and not like hiding it because you're like a uh, you know tough guy and a professional player and all that. And Rich Hill is just very, you know, okay with his emotions and and willing to share them. And I I, I really we've talked about before this season, but it's like these guys just have a you know a dad on the team that can also go out there and, and throw five shutout innings and, and give you a damn good chance to win. And and that's what Rich Hill is. And, uh, yeah, it was it was good to see his last start out there. His last couple were great. His last month has been really good. And his season overall, you know, has has been impressive. The last five starts, 2-3-6 ERA, 1-1-6 whip. Hill made 26 starts. This season, that is the most ever by a Red Sox pitcher in a single season at the age of 42 or older. I had posed the question, Joey, to the listeners. I would hope before, so. Before, I would hope before that's I say the that, yeah, no, I, I, no, I, yeah, I was well. Before I say that, you're you're a dad, Joey. Oh uh, yeah, yep. What are your thoughts here in that reaction from Rich and how much it matters to him having his son around? Does that hit different with you being a father? Oh, probably. Yeah, I know. Probably, it's hard to pull yourself out of those shoes, so I don't yeah. know what it feels like to not be a dad and and hear that at this moment in my life. But um, when he's talking about the... Uh, them, I've shed enough tears this week. I'm not going to cry <laughs> on this show. <laughs> when, uh, when he said how great the other guys have been to his son. That's oh. what really got me going. Cause that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's great. Like, you know, you don't expect other people to be kid people or baby people or whatever. And when you see somebody be good with your kid or like your kid gravitate to a friend, 
that's that's like a really great feeling. Um, yeah. It also just speaks to like the kind of people that you're talking about on this team. Like there are some really great guys, you know. So I wasn't surprised to hear it, you know. I mean, it's you see these guys out there with their kids and having a fun time, and a lot of their kids are engaging with the other players because the players are super nice to them and welcoming and understanding of that kid experience of being at the ballpark. Forget your dad being a major leaguer. It was just always so much fun. It still is. But as a kid, it was so much fun to be at Fenway and to take it all in and to just this I'm going to you know simplify it just to be a kid at Fenway is the best. And to be and you know to have that experience of being around these other guys and these other players and Xander, um, you know Doogie, go down the list. All these guys that you see them, they're great with kids out there. Kike, mm-hmm. um, Arroyo, like it's this whole endeavors as a kid himself. You know this whole roster is awesome. And um, yeah, it was it was a great answer. I, I loved hearing that from Rich Hill. We had posed a question to the listeners of what you would do with Rich Hill next season. And Joey, this is we got a split crowd, man. Oh, we got geez. a split crowd. Forty nine percent resign him, fifty one percent let him play elsewhere. So that clearly decided Perfect. where you guys stand on this. You don't want him playing here. Nobody obviously. knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. It, and nobody knows how to feel. It's. it's I mean, it's it's a. I, I want him to do the same deal. I'd be fine with one year, five million, and got some replies being like, "Oh, we got so many other fish to fry." I I get it. But we're, we're talking about Rich Hill right now. It's not yeah. like prioritize Hill over Bogey. Like we're not <laughs> we're not saying that, but it's like this guy signed a one-year yeah. $5 million deal and he was worth it. And you know, he made a lot of starts, didn't miss many and and he gave you a damn good chance to win in like 85% of his starts. So I yeah. I got no issue with Rich Hill coming back and I think he's going to pitch forever. Yeah. So Here's the thing, to not sugarcoat my words and just say say it exactly like I think it, because I, I don't know how else I would say it. I don't think... <sighs> now I'm just going to say it. I don't think anyone's going to care too much either way. No, I, no, it's not wrong. I And that sucks, because like Rich obviously has given a lot of his heart, but and that he's a local dude, I, and like, he deserves us I don't think that's negative to, to Rich Hill. I, I, I think... Anything he does in the future with the Red Sox or not with the Red Sox, people around here will appreciate because of who he is. Right, right, right. It's just, I don't know, he deserves some care, and I get it. But, like, from just, like, a business standpoint, if you just want to see a successful Red Sox team, which, like, as a fan, you kind of do. It's kind of like the definition of being a fan. I don't think any fan is going to really care either way. I think the only, the only two scenarios in which I can see people really caring is if they let him go and don't improve the rotation, then they could Mm. be like, well, you let Rich Hill go for what reason then? Like you couldn't give him some money or if they give him like $30 million, then I could see somebody being like, what are we doing? He's ready for that $30 million deal. Let's go. Yeah. Till 50. It's an eight year, $30 million. (laughs) It's a half a year, $30 million contract. (laughs) Come in for the second half after the All-Star break. 30 mils waiting for you on the table. Those are the only scenarios where people are really going to care either way. I think those people who said let him play elsewhere, I think if it was like, hey, forget money. Like, let's just pretend that John Henry's like, no, I'll write a check for whatever, whoever this year. Yeah, let me know what players you want. If he's just like, yeah, we're going in. 
then like there's no way you're like get Rich Hill off my team. There's no way that you feel no. that way. No, if if you're gonna have that off season approach, then it's like yeah, bring him bring him back. And again, understandable that there's a lot yeah. of other issues that need to be solved, and it's not like Rich Hill is at the top of the list. But either way, uh, it's just nice to it was nice to have him on the team this year. If this is it for Hill. It's just good to have him around. It was in 2015, too, you know, when he started his resurgence and kind of this second half or third third half of, third his, half career, of that, his career. That, that makes a lot of sense. But, no, he's he's been a great guy to just have around, and I, I think the players, you know, respect the hell out of him, and um, not just for what, he's, what he means to them off the field. He mattered on the mound this year, and when you see him pitch with other teams, it's felt like he's been 42 for about, you know, eight years. You see him pitch – with other clubs and it's like god what is rich hill out there doing with a two three era what's going on like and it would be august and it's like geez this guy and he constantly has a way of having better stats than you think so we'll see on the rich hill thing and we'll be talking about that in the offseason but it would be nice if he did return nathan avaldi potentially made his final start uh, start with the boston red sox that was also this week it's got just- anything happy on that list of yours steve yeah, yeah, we're getting there. Okay. Um, my dad did pose the question. He was like, which of Michael Walker or Nate Evaldi, who would you rather give the qualifying offer to? And I was kind of kind of stumped. I think I leaned Waka, honestly, but yeah. I think that's a coin flip. And two starts since his return from the IL. Props to the Red Sox for giving him those starts and letting him go into free agency with a little momentum. Nine and two-thirds innings, one earned, two walks, seven Ks. Looked good out there. Could have gone longer, too, if it wasn't for the uh, rain-shortened game on Tuesday. A 2-2-5 ERA in his final five starts of the season. He had a 3-2-1 a ERA on the season if you take out that disastrous game against the Jays <laughs> where they lost whatever the hell. Remind me of the score. I forget it every 28 time. 28-5. to 28-5. to five. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He gave up nine earned and two and two-thirds. Uh, with some of those being the the Duran ball, so that doesn't fully that shouldn't fully count. But it's crazy how much one awful night can just ruin your whole year's ERA, like an entire season. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, you have it has one to bad be a night, very very bad night. Oh, it's got to be bad, and that like was that. bad. Yeah. But he finished the year with a three eight seven ERA. He was over four going to last start, so we got it under four, which is nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Guys in the threes ERA wise just feel significantly better <laughs> than guys in the fours. It could end up being the difference of one good start. But it's like, oh, this guy is a three eight seven. This guy could pitch, yeah. and then you show me Pivetta at like four six. I'm like, eh, this guy gets hit hard. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this guy. But uh, your thoughts on Nasty Nate as we uh, potentially don't see him again pitching in a Red Sox uniform? Yeah, I would say this one is probably the lowest probability of guys that we've talked about, even more so than Bridge Hill. I would say. I was gonna say JD might be the lowest of guys we've talked about. Have we talked? We haven't done JD. Have we talked about JD? Oh, we haven't even gotten to JD yet, have we? No. I mean, we we lightly touched on JD, but we haven't really dove into it. But anyway, those did. I think aside from JD, Nate nears near the top of the list for me. Yeah. With with guys that we're not going to see again, and I think him coming back for one start is super showcasey. That's. All that felt like that felt like it was two starts. You got two starts, yeah, and it's still starts. kind of the same thing. But he came back to showcase his arm, to shop him around a little bit. That was helped his case, yeah, for his sake more than anything else. Uh, I, I I will forever remember trying to pronounce his name 
when he came over here, being like, so we got some guy named Eo Valdi. I have no idea. Mm. And fast forward, what, three, four months from that time, and it's 2.30 in the morning, and I'm you know, struggling to keep my eyes open, trying to stand up to keep watching this game oh. in Los Angeles. And I mean... Like I, I remember turning to a, a buddy that I was watching with and saying, like, that'll forever be the Nate Evaldi game. That's what yeah, that's going down as. And it's still what we call it now. We're like, oh, the Nate game, the 18-inning game. That was the Nate Evaldi game. That was the Nate Evaldi uh, series. I mean, he was – if he had got the dub there, he, he had a case for World Series MVP. He really did, yeah. if, if that turns into a win, which it felt like anyway. It's kind of like when you qualify, when you have enough innings, that it's like, oh, that's a save. They should have just given him an honorary yeah. win. Like, <laughs> here you go. That's good enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't Nate, win. You don't win that World Series without him. I don't. No, 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 no. I, well, I, yeah, you probably do, just because they were so dominant. But you don't. <laughs> you you don't do. win it in five. Um, I just think when you think of Nate Evaldi, you you think of that game, and mm. it's great for someone like him who signs the extension, has a bad season in in 2019, and everyone's like, geez. This was not worth it. This was a reactionary deal. And to Evaldi's credit, he, you know, shuts a lot of people up and has three good seasons with the Sox and, you know, was your ace with the lack of Chris Sale in this rotation due to insert injury here. So I'm impressed, honestly, with how he's carried himself. He's constantly been a dog out there. You don't really picture when I picture Evaldi in the mound, I'm like, yeah, the Sox are winning tonight. You have that feel. Mm-hmm. You got that. Yeah, they're they're gonna win because Evaldi's pitching. Big I time. was calling him E Evaldi to your point with the name pronunciation. I was calling him E Evaldi all year on radio last year with Bradfoe. And in September he was like, you know what's Evaldi? I'm like, what? He's like, you know what? It's pronounced Evaldi. Like, we've been doing like every pregame show. And you're gonna tell me now that it's Evaldi? I was saying E Evaldi the whole time, and it's Evaldi. I don't, that sounds like a like a tiny difference. Evaldi versus E Evaldi. Also, get the damn oh, you know, I'm flipping out on Nate like he picked his last name. The O should not be in his last name if it's Evaldi. Just have it be E V A L D I. Why is the O in there? Talk to the Italians, brother, or whoever. I, I'm gonna I get know. in touch with the. I'm gonna call, call the, the Italians embassy. up. Call What's up embassy. with this? Evaldi name. Uh, he's going to be 33 at the start of next season. If you're looking at the odds of him coming back or what the deal is going to be, this might be his last big deal. In his eight full seasons as a starter, Evaldi made an average of 24 starts a season. That was higher than I thought. I was doing the math. I was like, you know, when you talk about him, it's normally, oh, he has a lot of injury issues, doesn't get through full seasons. But eight full seasons as a starter in his career, 24 starts a season, not bad. No. Uh, 21 starts a season with the Red Sox after signing that extension uh, following the World Series in 2018. So I agree, Joey. I think that was his last start with the team. It's a little unfortunate that it happens in the scenario it does where it's like, game called, that was it, and <laughs> you're you're done. But um, he had talked to the media after the game, and he says he wants to figure something out. He wants to be back. And it wasn't one of those like, yeah, you know, it'd be great to be back, blah, blah, blah. Like he was saying it in a very like, I want to figure something out so I can come back here. So he seems determined to return, and we'll see if it happens. I wish Nate the best, dude, but I, I can't say that I – I don't know. I don't foresee it, but we shall see. But what's the look? What's the look? I just remember what time it is right now, Joey. It is time to – you were about to say what exact time it was. I could see your eyes. Yeah, it's one eighteen a.m. One eighteen a.m. It is time to revisit – our preseason 
Predictions. Play the sound effect. There it is. We are revisiting our preseason predictions. So, jumping right into it. Bold predictions. I had Rafael Devers leading the majors in home runs. He fell just 35 home runs shy of Aaron Judge. I almost said Aaron Rodgers. He was 35 homers shy of Aaron Rodgers. It was it was nuts. No, he barely missed Aaron Judge's 62 home runs uh, by hitting 27. That was a close one, dude. That was a great call on your part. That was a really close one. Again, bold prediction, so you had to be bold. I was, yeah. whatever. Joey's was that James Paxton has a sub-4 ERA. So we had debated this. If this was your bold prediction or just a prediction, I forgot this was your bold prediction. <laughs> I don't think you know what a bold prediction is. I mean, so first I, off, you weren't wrong. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. So, all right, one in my corner. Yeah, one on the scoreboard for me. What's wicked funny is I actually was going to say a sub-3. And then in the moment, I was like, that's stupid. He's going to laugh. And I changed it to a sub four, which is dumber. And you didn't laugh. So I just, I just like chickened out in the moment. was like, I don't want to say sub three. I don't know. I thought Paxton was going to be back and have an impact. I mean, in my, in all fairness, he got like re injured. So yeah. You know, you couldn't have envisioned that. That that is fair. But yeah. I, I'm looking back at it now, and I'm saying that Rafi's going to have like 55 homers, and you're like James Paxton's going to have a sub 40. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if these are on the yeah. same level a here. Three eight eight with yeah seven. Starts. I mean, I mean, Nate had a sub four. It's not like he had an incredible season. There's a good handful of guys that had a sub four, but uh, home run leader on the Red Sox. We both had Rafael Devers. I had him with 48. You had him with 44. He was the home run leader with 27, so we both got that one right. The number obviously a little bit off, but hey, Sox as a team hit way less home runs than they should. I, f- I think they finished. What did they finish? Where do you think they finished uh, for home runs? 24. I think 24. It's probably around there. It's probably like 22 or something. Team stats, home run. The Red Sox finished 20th. Okay. Red Sox finished 20th. J.D. Go. Martinez put them into 20th. Those two home runs jumped them past the Padres. 20th in the majors. That can't happen next year, and they know it. Record prediction? Ugh. Eef, eef. All right. Our record prediction for, for the 2022 Red Sox. 116 wins. Yeah, greatest team said. of all time. I had them at 93 and 69. Joey had them at 91 and 71. They went 78 and 84. Uh. A moment of silence for how far off we were from the record. Thank you. Thanks. And lastly, random prediction. I had someone hitting the ladder on the green monster, which I believe almost happened a few weeks ago, but it did not happen. No. So I got that going for me. And Joey had Arroyo hitting multiple walk-offs. Joey, I feel for you with this one. Because there were two instances in which he mo- totally could have. Even I think there were more. Like it felt there was a stretch there of like three or four weeks where it's like, Joey, this could be it. Here this it could is. be one. One he, he was had intentionally walked for. Um, one he walked for. I don't remember. There's I think there was three. But one of them, I mean, the biggest one was he was intentionally walked. With men on second and third, one out. 
Yeah. That was that was that was the one that really killed me. And like obviously like it makes sense, but it's like just can we just pitch to him for funsies? Can we just see what happens? I think in both scenarios they were trying to do the whole bases loaded with one out to get the you know force into double play. And I think both times they might have gotten the double play, which Probably. is like God, this team. Um but yeah, that was our predictions. So Joey technically got the Paxton one, but uh, we both got Devers as the home run leader. We were not even close on the records. And we both, I don't want to say almost got our random predictions, but they weren't terrible mm-hmm. when you when you look back at it. The, the opportunity was there and almost happened. We are going to take another break on episode 67 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster. Closing thoughts and our remaining thoughts on the 2022 Red Sox coming up next. We are back on episode 67 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster. Joey, something I wanted to do, it, it I don't think it's going to take too long. We can have a shorter version of this, uh, kind of teasing the ITM awards a little bit. But I did want us to rank our top three, what you're going to remember this season from. And if you want to just mm-hmm. do your top thing, that's totally fine. We can just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really... I really think it's the Xander future talks. Like it kind of has to be when you, when you look back at this season and the amount of words that we used and what they were about, Mm -hmm. I think the the future of bogey and the question marks surrounding that was just so hard to get away from. It was always right there. You know, you'd get that in the replies about something that had nothing to do with Xander. It's like, you couldn't, you couldn't avoid it. It was hanging over the entire season. And that's kind of how I'm going to remember this year. Do you have a top thing? that defines this season for you? I have a couple. Yeah. And they're all, they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to remember uh, it as Trevor Story's first year here, an injury-ridden right. year. I'm going to remember the Blue Jays game. Oof. And I'm going to remember Jaron Duran. Those are really going to be the three things I think that stick with me. I said to somebody today, and this is stupid, and I recognize it, and I stand by it. You could make the case that this was the Jaron Duran year. Like, you could make a case that, like, that that's one of the most notable things that happened this year. It's it's a thing that happened among many. It really got some narratives going more than anything else. And it, it was it was everywhere. It made national media, and it was also not to be a, a Debbie Downer here on our boy Jaron. It's probably the last we're gonna see of him on the Red Sox, so it is going to be the lasting impression that he made. Likely, yeah, likely, likely, pretty pretty damn likely. I don't know. I, I think that is going to forever be something that's burned in my head. The the ball that goes over his head that he doesn't go for, the whole KC thing with, you know, dropping the balls and then yelling at the fans like that. That was that was a scandal in its own right, dude. That that was a whole thing. That Blue Jays game was that broke my brain. I was like, do it. Do it. Make thirty. Thirty runs. Forty runs. 
We did both. We were both pulling for it. Just, I think mm. that was around the time too, because it was we were there in Cooperstown for the Poppy induction, mm. and you had the sale injury right before the All Star break. They lose the series to the Yankees. I think they uh, that was the first series coming out of the All Star break, mm-hmm. and it's like if if we're just gonna get crushed in the second season, let's make it drastic. Mm-hmm. Let's make it brutal, so that it really makes it clear, you know, what you got to do. In the off season, mm-hmm. and that's still kind of what happened. <laughs> but but, we, but I kept it. believing the whole time, right up until no, the math said that it wasn't possible. But yeah, they I mean, June was incredible, obviously, and then coming out of it, July was just one kick after another. And it was that bad. was like late July that 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 Toronto game that that really that really. I don't want to say set the tone. I don't know the right way to say what I want to say, but that really defined what the rest of the year was going to be without us knowing it. Set the tone, I think, is right. Set the tone doesn't always have to be like positive. <laughs> I yeah. think it it let us know, hey, just so you know, you know, danger ahead. Yeah, strap uh, it in is, for some of this. Yeah, it's going to get bumpy here. We got turbulence coming up, and it's it's pretty bad. I would say if I had to rank top three, it would be the Xander Future Talks, the pitching being abysmal. They finished uh, 25th in the majors in team ERA at 4-5-3. Second worst bullpen ERA in the American League. Only ahead of the Kansas City Royals at 4-5-9 were the Sox. And the lack of power. Uh, not replacing Renfro and Schwarber and what they brought power-wise was a obvious miss. Haim has acknowledged as much in recent months. Bobby Dahlbeck did this team no favors. And... Who knows if he just played his last game. You got a lot of team control, and obviously he is not a uh, super desirable player right now in terms of trade talks. So maybe Bobby is back. That's another uh, conversation for another day. But they obviously expected more from him at first base and didn't get it. Struck out in about 37% of his at-bats. JD ending the year. (laughs) In my notes, I said with 14 homers. What did he finish? So he finished with 16? Mm -hmm. He finished with 16 home runs. Uh it's still stunning. That's that's still a stunning number, considering that by mid June and all of his other full seasons on the Sox, he had around that you know home run total. So he uh, his power was way down. The doubles were still up, and you've mentioned this, Joey, on this program. But the way he closed the season obviously is going to position him better than he was positioned heading into free agency, uh, even as recently as like three weeks ago. You know, I think that was that was a stretch there that really did help him going into being a free agent. Um, but yeah, the Red Sox finishing 20th in the majors and home runs just isn't, it's not right. There is lots of power that will be needed this offseason added to this roster. And lastly, for what I'll remember this season, you already kind of mentioned it, but it's it's the Jays just beating your ass down, just crushing you and embarrassing you and letting you know how big the gap is between you and them. And I had feared this all last season. I know I, I had mentioned it way too much probably in September on Section 10, but it was just, I'm like, watch out for the Jays, watch out for the Jays. Jays are coming, Jays are coming, watch out. It's going to happen. And they fall one game short of the Sox. And then this year they're, you know, out for blood, and they got plenty of that. They got <laughs> Playing plenty the Red Sox. of it, yeah. So it was, that was tough to watch. 3-16 and 16 against the team is like, yikes. That is... And it's not really like, bad. you know, the Orioles and the Red Sox in 18. It's not like there's, you know, a 60-game gap between those teams. 
It's like I know. Damn. No, I know. Ten games. Uh, Fifteen. Closing games. thoughts. Got some closing thoughts, Joey. Mm-hmm. In this season recap episode, I know Jeff Passan. He kind of tried to boom sauce me. Now Passan is the boom sauce king. For any of you that don't know what that means, it's just he is he's the top roaster in baseball Twitter. And he had tweeted, I want to make sure I get this right. And Joey, I want your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. And this isn't that serious at all because I'm I'm buds with Pass. And I, I don't think people know that, by the way. He's gonna be on this show in a couple weeks. I is meant that to mention real? that to you. Yeah, yeah. He said he'd hop on. We were oh. uh text texting the other day and you know, he's like, How's everything going? I'm like, oh good, blah, blah, blah. And uh yeah, hop on the show. He's like, Yeah, let me know. I'll do it. So he goes this is after Judge hits his 67th home run. We're breaking that here. After he hit his 62nd home run, he goes, As Aaron Judge rounded the bases, a smile spread across his face. This reads like it's in a novel or yeah. something. He'd worn the pressure of the chase for 62 with grace. The frustration that could have sunk others never phased him. Never. He was the same guy with the same slow heartbeat. He was chasing history. Now he has made it. A couple things with that real quick. Jeff is kind of also the king of like having stuff drafted out and then just maybe tweaking a couple things based on how the event actually happens. Mm-hmm. That is draft tweet city, which I don't hate. I, I'll draft tweets occasionally as well. Um, but to say that he wasn't phased at all, I, I think is just, that's kind of ludicrous. He had one home run in 13 games, you know, and he should have been phased. Like, I'm not saying him being phased is like bad, but to say he's completely unfazed, it's like. It's just not true. He, it's just not true. He was faced. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, the new baseball is every at-bat. Everybody's standing up for every at-bat and going silent during the pitch. Uh, being asked about it constantly. Roger Maris Jr., my God, tweeting every two seconds about, this is the clean record and separate the red, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course that— Finally, animal- kids have someone to look up to and revere <laughs> who is not a drug abuser. Finally. It's just No it's more absurd. explaining to your kids— how somebody could possibly hit 73 home runs in a season. You know how long I've been trying to explain to my kid how a man could hit 73 home runs? And he's like, Dad, I just do not buy that. 162? Yeah. 73 home runs? I don't believe it. Now I don't have to because there's a new yeah, clean home run king. There's a new clean guy. There you mm-hmm. go. I just – and I, I was a nitpick city. I'm like, eh, come on, passing. Like he had one homer in 13 games. Like I think he was phased a little bit, which he was. Right, he was right, right, it's fine. Right, right, he was phased. Right, right. That's how it goes. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's funny because then when any time Passman replies to anything, I'm just, oh, my God, another body. Ah, and it just becomes this, like, mm-hmm. essentially it's what just a his, difference in, what's his, in followers thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what was the replies here? Oh, he was, he was – so, I, I, was, I, I was fishing for, for him to get a little, a little razzed, and he did. And I knew he was going to. I saw your reply, and I think no, I said you were to right. You, you were right. I was you like, were like, he's going to boom sauce you. He's going to. You're going to get sauced. And I was like, I don't think so. And you, you were right. He replied. I, I had said. I mean, it phased him a bit. One homer in 13 games passing, which is it's true. Mm-hmm. One homer in 13 games to start the season too. Was he phased then? It's like no. I would argue that he was coming off of a lockout and he was trying to get in the flow of the season. But uh, no, it's baseball. That happens to even the best. Don't be dumb. And then it's all just like, ah. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Someone check on Steve. Oh, my Steve God, dude. He's dead. Yo, where's the coffin? Oh, brother. Yo, stop passing. He's already dead. <laughs> He's already dead. Not another body passing. 
Not another body. Patrick gets another body. <laughs> and oh god, it is funny. It does. It makes me laugh. It is funny. But we are gonna have Jeff Passon on here and go through um, the steps and the categorization of a boom sauce and just everything that goes into it. And I'm excited about that. Dude, talk about a lot of fatigue with the judge home run chase. And I wanted it to happen. We've talked about this endlessly and he got it. And it's cool. And I'm glad we got to see some of those homers this year. It's, it's all great, but you and I are at the game and we just, we missed it, man. We didn't see it. we're at the socks and it's like, I missed 61 and 62. I watched all these at bats for like an entire month. You went to and Yankees pirates. I went to Yankees pirates trying to see this thing. And, you know, stayed for the Sox game. And, well, stayed for the side. The point was the Sox game and the media game, which didn't happen. Nothing in that Yankees trip, Yankees-Sox trip happened the way I wanted it to. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's because of the doubleheader. And like you mentioned, it was his first at-bat. And so you're just kind of not in that mode. I, I'm always in that mode of like, all right, 7 o'clock first. But I was 8 o'clock. And then you, I, you had this funky look on your face. And I was like, what the hell's what's going on, Joey? And you just go, he did it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I just do exactly what that meant. I was like, oh, he hit 62. Damn. And you yeah. you mentioned something then was so right. It's like you just can't any Twitter highlight or react. It's just it doesn't matter because nothing matches watching it as the nation watched it as well. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't care about, about, yeah. I mean, me re-watching the moon landing doesn't really have the same effect as like my dad in his pajamas in the living room getting to stay up late to watch it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's not the same. Yeah, I'm not comparing the two in terms of history because obviously the clean home run king is a much bigger deal. It is than it, it landing is on some floating rock. Surely a uh, a bigger deal. Missing history in a big moment just sucks. Like it's just not. Yeah, I wasn't pumped about it. But then I you missed, gotta remind yourself it it is a Yankee, so whatever. Yeah. I missed 761 and 62 this year. What the hell was I doing? Well, in your defense though, Joe, well, I did too. I think a lot of people did. It was Pujols hadn't hit a home run in like two weeks, and then on a Friday night at like 11 p.m. and you know Eastern in L.A., he hits two. I don't think any of us thought he was going to do it by hitting two in a game. I, and I know he had done that this season, but still, the pressure of it and all that. And then Pujols has just gone on to hit what like 703, so he doesn't even give a damn. He's, he's just this guy's hitting homers just to stay in shape. But uh, yeah, I think that was that was about all I got. I, I know the last thing. I was curious who the last Red Sox player was to get a home run cart ride because we knew that they retired it. But I was like, who was the last one that got it? Can you can you guess who it was? Hmm. Uh, Verdugo. It was Xander Bogarts. No shot, huh? <laughs> it was Xander against Garrett Cole after a homer against uh, Cole. Yeah, which is just fitting. That's beautiful, dude. It really is. Because they, Ploiecki was DFA during that Royal Series. They didn't have a homer in the games after. And the last homer they had was against the Yankees, and it was Xander hitting one down the line around the pesky pole. So there you go. Come back, Xander. Uh, Joey, your your closing thoughts. You got closing thoughts here. Closing thoughts on the season, on everything. Yeah, whatever you want. We did it. We did it, Joe. And there's more coming. It's going to be a fun off season. We have like a good lineup of guests that are going to be coming on. 
Yes. We've got some fun games that we're going to play. We're going to be doing shorts, so we're going to be doing, you know, voicemails, DMs, all that stuff. We got some fun stuff planned for next year. We got that third host that you and I talked about earlier, who's going to be a oh, huge Oh, yeah. You addition. think he's going to do it? You think he's going to do it? Listen, I think I think it's time for the Red Sox to pay up when it comes to Xander. I think it's time for Odyssey to pay up when it comes to this guy. If you want this guy, <laughs> is, is he going to be cheap? No. Do you want him? Do you want to be an elite organization? Prove it. Yeah. Time to put up or shut up, my employer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just wanted to give a huge shout out to all the listeners. Everyone that tuned in this season, you guys are the best. Uh, You've also just been, you know, super nice to us over the course of the year. Obviously, this is, it's a new show. Joey and I are on a, a new journey with Inside the Monster. And it's just been great to, you know, talk with you guys on Twitter, IG, TikTok even. You know, we got the talk going. Got to get that going even more. It's going to be fun to continue to grow the old talky dues. Um, it's just been fun. It's been a fun season, even though it really shouldn't have been. You know, it's like there was nothing fun about what the Red Sox did, really, outside of June. And yet, we always had this show, and we always had you guys, and, you know, it We've just felt like it's all... Other- we're all just hanging out. This is yeah. my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing about the show is that it's like, you know, I just love getting those comments like, yeah, guys, I love putting the show on. And it's like, I'm just hanging out with you guys. That's that's the point. That's the goal. That's what we always go for. Um, like I mentioned last week, leave us a review on Apple, Spotify. Let us know how you think season one went, what you liked, what you would change. Five star reviews always friggin' sick. But yeah, let us know. Just let us know your thoughts on the show. And uh, it is always appreciated. Uh, love the feedback. Hoping to have shirts next year. Really want to have shirts next season. That is something that, Joey, if, if we don't figure it out, um, you know, through Odyssey, let, let's just do it. Any, I don't care. Let, let's just figure the shirt. We're going to do shirts. We'll we're doing like, shirts either way. Yeah, we'll go to Walmart and we'll get some, like, Sharpies. Yeah. And we'll just start writing and then mailing them out to people. I mean, look at the baseball isn't boring shirt. Like, we, we can do shirts. Shirts, shirts can, can do be shirts. done. Shirts can be done. Uh, and then lastly, 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 a shout out to people that were important to this show. Very important to the show. Shout out to Nate. I want to give a very specific shout out to Nate Gardner. Uh, Nate is. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's clap. Nate is one of the hardest working people that I know. He is now a good friend of mine. Go at a lot of games with Nate. You and I do. And uh, he does a lot of the graphics for this show. And he just he grinds. Nate is uh, just a super great dude, and we are insanely appreciative of the work he does for this show. And Nate, just shout out to you, man. You know, you really crushed it this year. He's got a fancy-dancy camera now, mm-hmm. so, you know, he's using that at the park, which is awesome, and we're posting those photos on the ITM accounts. But uh, shout out to you, Nate. You really did, you know, great work this year, and the show would not be the same without you. A huge shout out to Lena Glazer, executive producer and a friend of the show. We gotta have Lena on. Let's have Lena That'd on. That'd be the a show. bunch of fun, actually. Lena's Lena's a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and Lena's just got like great. She's got great knowledge of a bunch of stuff. I feel like I don't have knowledge of more than like baseball and movies and some random stuff. But um, yeah, Lena's been a great mentor during this whole thing mm-hmm. and kind of guiding us to hey, maybe we do this, maybe we do that. A lot of great feedback and. 
That has been super appreciated. Kelsey Doherty with the Red Sox has been super helpful this year and, you know, throwing up the retweets, lining up interviews. Sarah Coffin lining up the alumni interviews has been awesome. That was hugely important. And ideally, we can get some of those guys, some more of those guys in the offseason. Justin Long, JP, you are the man at Sox Notes. What a great dude. Always love seeing him on the road, too. It's like you just always know JP's going to be there. And I know he just had a kid, um, but didn't miss much time. He didn't miss much time, wasn't away from the game for that long. And right back to it, he's a hard worker and just a great overall dude. And really enjoyed talking with him this year and, you know, going through this together, as we've done with a lot of other people. Matt Casey, Shaquille Anderson, Jake Galley really helped us out. Behind the scenes people at Odyssey. We got a great team, Joey. We got a great team with 2400. And, um, you know, this show would be absolutely nothing without them. So, really appreciate that. Graphics team helped a lot as well. Really earlier in the season, giving us, you know, templates. And then you and I kind of went wild and uh, came to the the promos and the quote cards and the, the you know, format and the, the imaging of the show that we have now. So, super thankful to everyone that helped out. And, Joey, I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but, um, you dominated year one. Uh, your dedication was great. I love that we were at the park that much and just getting the content we got. I want to get more next year. I always just want to do more. You know, I'm always like, oh, let's just do more. Do more. Let's do more. Yeah. So that'll be good. But uh, yeah, props to you, man. I mean, this is what a ride, right? You know, we do the casting call and casting Joey call. hops. Yeah, I still, yeah, I waited around the block in a line. Yeah, to get inside. I mean, there were there were like three hundred people that that submitted. So like you you won a contest with three hundred people, Joey. That is true. On paper, that is true. There's, it's just fully true. There's no getting around it. <laughs> yeah. I actually I went back and rewatched my uh, my audition tape not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Your second one was better. That is for sure. Because I yeah. request, like, let me resubmit. Let me resubmit. Let yeah, me do like, that. It's like that's not gonna work. That's yeah. not gonna do but it. No, this this has been this has been unreal, dude. I would do this for, I would do this for decades, man. This is yeah. Let's do it. Let's just do this. Let's just do this forever. Let's <laughs> just do this forever. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna talk about the yeah. socks. Let's do it. Number one, uh, yeah. Our off season priorities are get a lifetime contract for each of us. <laughs> Yeah, but this is great, man. Yeah, and thank like you. I think you named everybody. I was trying to think of like some other people. I could. Oh, you forgot this person. You forgot that person. I think I remembered everybody. Uh, every, everybody in the press box that work. Everybody works at Fenway at the gates and all oh, those. Oh, Kevin. Big, Kevin. I mean, Kevin's the best. Yeah. All, Ke- all the Kevin's folks. the best. Kev. Shout out to Kev. He, he's been super helpful with the the post game notes and everything when we would record at Fenway. Also, just a huge shout out uh, to Coop Bradfoe. I mean. Love what they're doing. Coop is Coop's the best. I, I love seeing him get that pick with Bogey. That was nice. I know. He deserved that so much. That was great. In his morning cup of coffee, dude. He was like, should yeah. I keep doing it? Yeah, you should keep doing it, dude. Don't stop Koopa doing it, coffee. dude. What the hell? Keep doing keep it, bro. Keep doing it, bro. Coop works hard. Coop is a uh, a good friend and and he deserves all the all the success. He works hard. Yeah. So I can't this think is this is it, man. End of the road. End of the road. Oh, did, the did, end, you, end uh, did you specifically tell people what we're going to be doing as far as pacing goes in the offseason? Yeah, yeah. I know we've alluded to it, but uh, one episode each week. I think we're going to sprinkle in a short each week as well. 
that is topical. Maybe it's a Heyman report, passing report, whatever. Do a short on it and, and get that out quickly. I think what you and I should really try to crush is the in the moment, like rumors, like live, like live rumors. I don't want to let a lot of those wait until whenever we would do the show. In terms of what day we'll drop, haven't really figured that out yet. Uh, once Joey and I drop this, we're then doing the ITM Awards, which I'm so excited for. That is going to be out probably late Thursday. But, um, yeah, this is this is it for the 2022 season. It, it, it's been a fun ride uh, with us, the team didn't help much in terms of wins <laughs> um they really 78 and 84 wasn't what we thought we were gonna get but i can't imagine it's gonna be like this next season the Sox have to they got to step up front office has to be like hey we're not getting a rerun of that and in and, and their defense they really that normally never happens i know 2014 and 2015 back-to-back bad years after winning the world series in 13 but you go down the list, 16, 17, 18, you won the division all three years. 18, obviously, win the World Series. 19, we're still in the race, but obviously a disappointing year. 2020 doesn't count. Last year, you get two wins away from the World Series. Uh, more often than not, this team is going to contend for a World Series, and we're just hoping it happens again in 2023. The history would tell you that they probably will. I agree. Yeah. A lot of fun offseason talk coming up. Joey, it's been fun. And we are going to keep rolling here into the offseason. That will do it, though, for the 2022 Boston Red Sox. For Joey Capone, I'm Steve Peralt. Go Sox, kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast.